Alright, welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. Charlie, on Bleacher Report's Game of Zones, there was a tease of your boy, LeBron, in Space Jam 2. You know, Liam, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the GOAT on the big screen. No, 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 no. Jordan is the GOAT, though the first Space Jam was really good, so my expectations are quite high, and I'm sure yours are too. Alright, All right. boys and girls, back with me today, who's the man who always tells me falsely that I'm wrong about LeBron, Mr. Charlie McGee. On today's episode, the Women's World Cup gets going, the Rockets tease a yard sale, and Kyrie is linked to the Nets. We begin today with yet another egregious call in the Stanley Cup playoffs. In Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals Thursday night, the refs missed the trepping penalty on the St. Louis Blues, that sent Boston Bruins forward Nola Chari to concussion protocol. Play was sort of paused and slowed down in the ensuing seconds, and it caught the Bruins off guard, and St. Louis went on to score mere seconds at the, after the missed call, leading to outsized outrage in Boston and at 4908 Crawford Street, Houston. Charlie, I know you're not really a hockey guy, but do the Bruins have reasoning to be upset? Absolutely. So I do not know much about hockey, as you said. But I did a little bit of research, and that looked like it absolutely should have been called. And the fact that they went on and scored in that, you know, confusing seconds that ensued is just, I think it's really a shame because even though the Bruins still have a chance in this series to pull it off, it reminds me of a certain NFL game. And yes, I have to bring in my New Orleans Saints, that blatant missed call that led to the Saints losing that game. So I think they absolutely have a reason to be upset. You know, I was actually going to bring up the Saints. and So, you're a Saints fan. How did you feel after that missed call? And also, as a Houston Astros fan, how did you feel after Jose Altuve's would-be home run was called back due to fan interference? How'd no, you feel? I mean, absolutely furious. Uh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous because you hate to see competition at the highest level be interfered with by bad and missed calls and as a fan of a team that when that call goes against you it's infuriating I mean now I know how you guys feel now I know yeah. how Kansas City Chiefs fans feel after they feel they were wronged on that roughing the passer which that was <laughs> by the letter of the law that was the right call but I agree it's a stupid one I know how Vegas Golden Knights fans feel after that five minute major I know yeah. how the Colorado Avalanche feel after that missed offsides call. It's all just... So, in the ensuing weeks after that pass interference call, we saw we tons and tons of expressions from the New Orleans Saints and Kansas City Chiefs saying, make penalties reviewable. And the NFL was ultimately forced to do that, and I think the NHL is going to have to be forced to do the same thing, especially after a call like this. And the Bruins have all the reason to be upset, and so do I. I, I agree with you. I agree. I think it's really interesting to see the, the parallels and how NFL dealt with it and maybe how the NHL will deal with the fallout. Oh, absolutely. Anyways, yeah, what I do know is that a rule change is likely coming to the NHL this offseason. Now we'll get into the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant has missed the first four games of this series, and it has definitely impacted Golden State greatly. Durant is a pending free agent this summer, Liam, do you see Durant playing for the remainder of the series? No, I, I don't because there was all this talk about Kevin Durant returning for the finals and 
that ultimately hasn't happened yet. I mean, there were rumors that he would return for Game 3. That didn't happen. There were rumors that he would return for Game 4. That didn't happen. I mean, he's been out for a month now because of that calf. And I know you can make the case that Clay Thompson, Kevin Looney, and Boogie Cousins have all returned from that injury. I'll be talking more about Boogie Cousins later today. Don't worry. But I, I honestly just can't see Durant playing this year. So, I disagree. I disagree because as much as I don't like Kevin Durant for the move he made, he is still a professional basketball player who loves the game of basketball. And I think that he will do whatever he can to try to get back for this series. Yeah, but there's only so much he can do. I mean, he's been out for over a month. I mean, if he was going to be back, I certainly would have expected it to have been by now. Well, I disagree because I think I think that maybe he's at the point where they want him to rest more, but if he has to go back, he can. And so the Warriors were waiting to give him as much rest as possible before they throw him back in there. Yeah, I mean, this is the time for him to come back. If I'm right. being, I mean, they're down 3-1. This is one... This is arguably one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. You could put this up there with the Lakers of the 80s or the Spurs of the early 2000s Absolutely. or the Celtics of the 60s. Absolutely. So, and if the Warriors want to continue that dynasty, they need Durant because win or lose, I think he's out. I, it'll be interesting because the Raptors are playing so well, but Kevin Durant just even even 80% Kevin Durant could just change the fabric of, of the series. could change the narrative completely. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. But what we both know for a fact is that KD would make the series much more entertaining. Oh, yeah. And last night, the Toronto Raptors took a 3-1 to lead in the NBA Finals <laughs> behind a great performance from Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka, too. Toronto is now one win away from the championship. Charlie, is there any hope for a Golden State comeback to get that three-peat? Absolutely. I think there's plenty of hope for them. I mean, this team is not three-time NBA champions for nothing. This isn't their fifth straight finals for no reason. And while this may be the first year that they've been truly ravaged by injuries, there's a reason Steph Curry's a two-time MVP. There's a reason they've won so much. And so there's always a chance when you're as good as these guys are. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. And let's take a look at the bigger picture. Kyle Lowry and Danny Green are not going to shoot the ball the way they did in Game 3 every night. Serge Ibaka is not going to score 20 every night. That's just not the players they are. So they're definitely so for Golden State, particularly, as you said, if an MVP caliber player like Kevin Durant comes back. And don't forget, the Warriors could have a fourth beat, and had Draymond Green not gotten so many technicals, I believe they would have it. But but I see Draymond Green playing in Game 5. I think that the Warriors have a fire under them after losing two straight games at Oracle, which they are about to get out of. So uh-huh. I find I would be very surprised if the Golden State Warriors wanted that to be the way Oracle Arena's time as the Golden, home of the Golden State Warriors ended. So I expect Golden State to win Game 5, and I expect Golden State to win Game 6. Don't ask me about Game 7. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, I mean, I guess Clay Thompson was back. Yes, Tavon Looney was back. But these guys was their first game back from an injury. These guys are definitely not playing at 100%. And so now that they know what they're going to get out of these guys, Steve Kerr can make the adjustments. 
and I just don't I don't see the Warriors losing in five games. Nor do I. Well, anyways, comeback or no comeback, history is definitely in the making. Oh, absolutely. Now let's talk about my Houston Rockets. <laughs> they recently stated that everyone, including Chris Paul, though most likely not James Harden, is available for trade. This comes off the heels of a fourth fourth elimination in five years at the hands of the Warriors. Liam, is there any chance you see this happen? Well, before I give my answer, I would like to say this. Why would you want to do this? In the past five years, only two teams have proven they've been able to beat you, and one of those teams is now disbanded. Why would the Houston Rockets even consider doing this, given that, I believe, since LeBron came back from 3-1, they've been the closest and biggest threat to the Golden State Warriors, and yes, they've come a little short, but it's a terrible idea. And I think it's ultimately, there's a chance that this ends up happening. Because Daryl Morey has been known to get crafty. Chris Paul is starting to age. And quite frankly, I think that the Rockets need to build differently around James Harden. Because obviously, Chris Paul isn't getting any younger. So I don't think he's getting any better. So I think there's a chance I see this happening. But I just can't see why. So I disagree. I don't think there's a chance that this happens because Daryl Morey is known for being, you know, bold and risky. He's not afraid to make moves. And I think that by Daryl Morey, by, you know, saying, oh, everyone's on the trading market except for James Harden, is basically just saying, my ears are open. And I kind of think it's like doing his due diligence. He wants to hear what other teams would offer and see what's out there on the market. But I completely agree with you that the Rockets over the past couple of years, have the best record in the playoffs against the Warriors, besides, I guess, besides the Raptors this year. But, really. And so they're so close. But, I just, I, I agree with you that I don't think it's necessary to do such a complete rehaul. Oh, it's not at all. So and I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's any chance. Okay, but if they were to move one player, who do you think it would be? If they were to move one player? Yeah. Eric Gordon. I'm saying. They, I'm, saying PJ, I'm saying PJ. I'm saying PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker. Yeah. Oh, that would hurt. That would hurt my heart. I love PJ Tucker. A gritty player. I mean, and if it does end up happening, I just do not understand on earth why they would do this. <laughs> now the Women's World Cup kicked off yesterday across the pond in France. Our Americans kick off on Tuesday against Thailand as they begin their title defense. Charlie, do you like the U.S. chances to repeat? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the U.S. has some some of the biggest stars in the sport. I mean, we all know about Alex Morgan and Carly Lloyd, but I mean, the U.S. just loaded from, from you know from forwards to center backs and everything. Because you have players like Tobin Heath and so many younger players too coming up. I mean, I think this could be the beginning of a real dynasty for U.S. women's soccer. So I, I absolutely feel great about their chances to repeat. And you mentioned the best players in the sport, and I agree with you on both sides. In the past, we have seen the U.S. men's soccer team fail us. This women's soccer team, this is the real deal. This is the most popular soccer team in America right now because of players like Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, Tobin Heath you mentioned. <coughs> Excuse me. I personally am a big fan of Julie Ertz and Megan Rapinoe. I think they're oh, both... Yeah. I think... I think this whole team is very talented, and Mallory Pugh as well. Yeah. So, the Japanese could get in our way again, but ultimately, 
I'm feeling very confident about our chances to take the gold again. Absolutely, and I just, I, it's such a relief to have a U.S. soccer team perform well on the national, international level because our men's team just needs to, they need to take some notes from what the women's national team is doing. Absolutely, the men's team has, if I'm being perfectly honest, embarrassed us in the so- in the men's soccer world. This is the exact opposite of what the women's team is doing. They are Absolutely. going to win this tournament. I agree. I agree with you on that one. And we've got a new game today. It's called Relevancy, where we will name a recent occurrence in sports and rate it on a scale of 0 to 10 in terms of relevancy. We'll start with this. Relevancy rating of Stephen A. Smith's report stating that Kyrie Irving wants to go to the Nets. I'm going to give that a 3 in relevance. Wow. To be completely honest, I think Kyrie Irving is one of the most unpredictable players in the league. This man, one day, is saying that he wants to be with Boston for life. The next day, he's saying he doesn't know anyone anything. This man does not know what he wants to do yet. And quite frankly, I think Stephen A. Smith, maybe he heard an inkling somewhere. I don't really think it's credible enough. I think he just wanted something to talk about. I don't think anyone knows what... Anyone knows what Kyrie Irving is doing, including Kyrie Irving. I agree with you completely, but though I do disagree with you on one part, I personally enjoy Stephen A. Smith's commentary very much and thinks that they are somewhat relevant, but <clears throat> you're absolutely right. Kyrie Irving is very unpredictable. He's miserable all the time. Every He switches his mind about what he wants to do every other minute, so I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Gosh. I'm giving it... A little bit higher than you because because of how much I like Stephen A. Smith. I, I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Alright, next up. Relevancy rating of Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell finally signing deals this week. So, this comes in June. It comes in June. Every major league team has already played 60-something games. And yeah. for that, and don't get me wrong, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell are great players. <clears throat> but by the time they're ready to play... It'll be the end of June, so they'll be only be playing for half a season. And for that rate, that reason, I'm giving it a four. Interesting. I disagree. I completely disagree. I'm giving this an eight on the relevancy scale because not only are those, like you said, great pitchers, they can make a big difference on their respective teams, but also it's a it's an example of what happens when players you know, hold out to try to find their value on the market because they think they can make more. And so I think it's kind of a precedent almost for other, you know, big-name players who want to hold out. And because, you know, like you said, it took them 60-something games. Are all players willing to wait 60-something games before signing a deal? It's just something to think about. So I think it's really relevant for not only now, but also the future of MLB free agency. I mean... Holding out has been a big, big story across the NFL and across the MLB this year. So I think that because of cases like Le'Veon Bell and because of cases like Keiko and Kimbrell, Mm -hmm. that holding out will not really continue much longer, but it's still just a four for this season as an individual. (laughs) I cannot argue with you there. Well, next up. Relevancy rating of Carson Wentz's four-year, $108 million extension. Ooh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a seven. Because if we had any doubts, or if 
the Eagles, if we thought the Eagles had any doubts about Carson Wentz, we don't anymore. I mean, they, 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 you know, they broke the bank for this one. And I know there were times last year when Carson Wentz almost seemed to be playing to keep up with how well Nick Foles did. And this will absolutely eliminate any, you know, any worry that Carson Wentz needs to worry, worry over what he's doing and, could it help the Eagles a lot because, you know, he got a stress fracture last year. You know, Nick Foles did so well in his place. Everyone was like, oh, is Carson Wentz really the real deal? This is the Eagles saying, listen, we think you are the franchise quarterback and you are going to be our franchise quarterback and we're going to pay you like it. So I think it's very relevant. I'm going to give it a 7-2 because, oh. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Because, yeah, you're right. If there were any doubts about Wentz or Foles, it shows that the Eagles have true confidence in Wentz. <clears throat> but it's going down because over the past couple of seasons, Wentz has told me that he's injury-prone with his torn ACL and that stress factor. So, uh-huh. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I keep coughing. I'm not, I'm not ultimately convinced that Carson Wentz is going to be the MVP we saw two years ago ever again because of the injury issues that have come about. And I just, that's why it's a seven. Very interesting. One more thing, one more relevancy rating, still in football. My Houston Texans firing general manager Brian Gay. So this comes off the heels of another playoff appearance, but another failure to advance far. <coughs> Goodness gracious. So I am giving this a 6, mainly because of Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney is... He's, he's a question mark. We don't know whether or not he's going to be franchise tagged, traded, extended. <clears throat> no one knows, and the Texans are going to need a GM who's going to be able to make the right decisions in that matter, but the Texans are set just about everywhere else with JJ, Deshaun, DeAndre, and yeah. Merciless, guys like that. So, <clears throat> I think that <clears throat> it ultimately won't make a huge difference within the organization, for that reason, it's a six. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a nine. Wow. Because this is coming off the heels of the draft. There's no doubt that Brian Gain played a huge role in the draft. But he obviously plays a huge role in free agents. This is you know after one year we made the playoffs. Bill O'Brien was saying, "Oh, Brian Gain is heads and shoulders above the rest." You know, heaping praises on him, and then all of a sudden we <coughs> fire him very quickly. Right after the draft, uh, I mean, it just kind of puts the Texans front office in a little bit of a disarray in a season that I think is so important for them, especially for Bill O'Brien, as he has failed to advance past, you know, he failed to advance past the Colts and really some poor showings in the playoffs historically for him. So I think it's really, really relevant for the Texans because it kind of throws some you know, upheaval in their front office in a really critical time. Do you think if the Texans lose in or before the wild card game this year, that Bill O'Brien's job is up for grabs? I think he'll be on the on the very his seat will be on fire, I think. Oh absolutely. Be, I would not be surprised. Obviously, you know, Cal McNair took over for the late Bob McNair. He's obviously a man of action. He just fired Brian Gaines, so I would not be surprised if if the Texans don't make some noise this year, 
if Bill O'Brien was no longer the coach. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting season for the Texans. That's for sure. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements of the past in the coming week. <clears throat> 18 years ago today, June 8th, legendary NHL defenseman Ray Bork played his final career game. Though mostly remembered as a Bruin, Bork won his only Stanley Cup late in his career with the Colorado Avalanche. Wow. One year ago, Monday, June 10th, Rafael Nadal won his 11th French Open title. The King of Clay will go for his 12th French Open title tomorrow in Paris after defeating Federer in straight sets. I'll be watching that match tomorrow if I'm up. And oh, yeah. That was, that was a crazy win by Nadal. I mean, he looks great. Yeah, he did. He's the King of Clay for a reason. That's now, right. eight years ago, Wednesday, June 12th, the Dallas Mavericks won Game 6 of the 2011 NBA Finals defeating the Miami Heat in the series 4-2. <clears throat> it was the first of eight straight finals trips for your boy, LeBron. But Dirk Nowitzki ultimately got the best of him in that series. Of course, he had to bring up LeBron losing in the finals. Anyways. Of course. <laughs> 24 years ago, Friday, June 14th, the Houston Rockets completed a four-game sweep of the Orlando Magic for their second straight championship. It was a very young Shaquille O'Neal's first finals appearance. The veterans Hakeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler, Drexler were way too much for the young Shaq. Indeed they were. Okay, the show's almost over, so it's time for Who You Got? We'll start with this. Bruins Blues, Game 6 at 7 p.m. Central tomorrow night on NBC. <clears throat> Charlie, will my Bruins force the Game 7 in Boston? Or will St. Louis play Gloria in front of their home fans? I have the Bruins forcing Game 7. I think that, you know, and this is also part of me just think the hockey gods can't allow them not to force a game seven after that <coughs> really, really bad missed call that ultimately cost them big time. So I have them forcing game seven. And you made a point about the hockey gods simply not allowing them to force a game seven. In game five of the Boston Toronto series, the refs missed a clear goalie interference call that allowed Toronto to go up 1-0 in a game they eventually ended up winning 2-1. Mm -hmm. So, I think that the Bruins are going to come out more physical than they ever have. I think that they're going to go back to 12 forwards after playing with only 11 in the previous game. Yeah. <coughs> so, I'm confident in my guys. I think, I, also, I really do think we're going to win. Well. We did it against Toronto. Who's to say we can't do it again? There you go. There you go. All right, Liam, next up, who do you have having a better year in their new threads? Odell Beckham Jr. or Antonio Brown? So I think about the talent surrounding each of them, whereas there's a lot in Cleveland. we got Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt when he comes back, even though he probably shouldn't be in there. And I agree. <coughs> I look at Antonio Brown, and <coughs> I just really can't name a superstar in Oakland, especially after they traded Amari Cooper. So, it's going to be Antonio Brown, just because there are more targets to go around in Cleveland. Interesting. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say not Antonio Brown, because, quite honestly, I'm not convinced that Derek Carr is the quarterback for Oakland. and I think he might struggle. And if he's struggling, that's not going to help Antonio Brown. Because I do not think that he has the arm that Ben Roethlisberger has. And, on the flip side... OBJ, you mentioned he has all these weapons. I think that's just going to free things up for him. All of a sudden, you know, 
Jarvis Landry's attracting attention. Nick Chubb's attracting attention. Baker Mayfield is only going to keep getting better. And I think Odell Beckham Jr. might find himself actually having some more, you know, one-on-one matchups. And won't be surprised to see him have a fantastic year. Wow. Last one on Sunday Night Baseball tomorrow night. The Cardinals and Cubs square off at Wrigley. Adam Wainwright versus Kyle Hendricks. Charlie, who's taking this one? I'm going to go with Kyle <coughs> Hendricks. I think that, you know, I think he's a money pitcher. I really do. And uh, I think he's just going to be a little too much. He's going to be a little too much. And so, I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to score many runs, to be honest. And keep in mind that, unless I'm very much mistaken, the Cardinals swept the Cubs at Bush Stadium in St. Louis relatively recently. <coughs> That's right. Uh-huh. So I expect the Cubs to be firing on all cylinders on Sunday night. For that reason, I'm taking the Cubs. Chris Bryant, I'm calling it. He's going to homer. Chris uh, Bryant will uh, homer. The rare, you know, the rare agreement between us, Liam. Yeah, I know. No kidding. Yeah. Well, folks, that's all we have today. Thanks for having me, Liam. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm Liam Griffin. I'd like to thank Charlie for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Corpus Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me directly. Ethan Tuckwood will join the show next week, so thanks again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.